0: here's dr alex hi dr alex here if you'd like the show today or any day I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend. To your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, wherever you are, whenever you're listening, uh, we are greatly honored by your presence. We've been doing this about 14 years now, and we want it to be something that gives you a little pickup in the middle of your week, gives you something to think about and something to practically apply to maybe make your week and every once in a while your life just a little bit better. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, an issue that is at the heart of people either feeling good about themselves or not good about themselves. And and it's... uh. It's a paradoxical secret that most people don't realize, and many people their whole life they don't realize it, and so they never fix it, and they're still struggling with it at 60, 70, 80 years old, and I don't want that for you. I want you to feel great about yourself, have a happy, healthy life, and today, if you can hang on with me for about 20 minutes, a lot of people can make this change. And it changes everything. And that's what I hope for you. Yeah, mercy versus grace. The biggest issue on planet Earth. Uh, well, I've always said unforgiveness is the biggest issue for everyone. But the reason it's the biggest issue is because kind of the, the biggest thing in everybody's life is how you feel about yourself, okay? And that comes down usually to two things. Am I good, or am I not good? Am I a good person, or not a good person? Or am I a good person, or not as good as I should be, or not as good as I want to be, or not, you know, if there's some uh, post-it note, ah, you know, I'm not bad, but... I maybe am not either what I think I should be. Well, then there's problems there. If you think you're a bad person, there's big problems there. If you think you're a good person, usually things are going to go good in your life. And good, feeling good or not, is inextricably tied to am I loved? Uh, Just the way I am, without having to jump through all the hoops, without making a mistake, without having to jump over all the hurdles, without knocking any down. Am I loved just the way I am? Flaws, warts, and all. Okay? And if someone feels they are loved that way, what you might call unconditionally, and that they are a good person man, the sky is the limit. That person's going to soar in their life. I'm not saying they're going to be rich or famous, but they're going to be happy and healthy, and the rich and famous people who come across them are probably going to think, man, I wish I had some of what they have, okay? Might even be jealous, even if it's a janitor or, a, or someone like that. Uh, even if they're wealthy and famous, because everyone knows that what they want most are those in, well, I shouldn't say that, a lot of people don't know, but what everyone really wants is that love, joy, peace, good feeling inside about themselves, and then when you have that, you can have a great feeling about others, about your circumstances, about Everything that's needed in life to be successful. Okay, so having said that, and by the way, my new X-Factor test, this is exactly what it tests. It tests the four critical pillar issues in everyone's life and diagnoses them in 60 seconds and then gives you a thing to fix them and it's completely free. So maybe, Johanna, before we sign off here today, you can add uh, telling them where to go to take that 60-second free test to diagnose kind of what we're talking about today. So let's get started. All right, here's what it comes down to for me. All right, I'll, I'll try to give you a picture. Mercy is withheld punishment. Okay? Meaning, you're guilty, but we're going to have mercy on you. We're going to take it easy on you. We're going to say, "All right, yeah, you deserve to go to jail, or you deserve to be fined, or you deserve the speeding ticket, or you deserve uh, a consequence or a reprimand, but we're not going to do it. We're going to say, you're okay, you don't have to pay the penalty that you deserve to pay, all right? Forgiveness is to have the guilt removed, and it it kind of requires either mercy or grace, or both, okay? So, forgiveness would be uh, uh, an item A under mercy or grace in one way of thinking about it. Grace is your declared not guilty, even though you are guilty. Okay, let me try to give you a picture of this, okay, to, to help you better understand it. Um, mercy. Here's the picture you have a judge. And a young lady, before the judge, she's come to court because she was speeding, okay, and they got her on radar, and she, her fine uh, is supposed to be $100, okay? So the judge asks her, how do you plead, young lady? And she says, guilty, your honor, which she was, and she knows she was, and they've got proof that she was, okay? So the judge smacks his gavel, pow, and says, guilty. The judge puts the gavel down. He takes off his black, judgely robe, folds it, places it on the back of his chair, walks out from behind his judge desk, down the stairs, around to where the young lady is and the bailiff. He reaches in his back pocket, pulls out his wallet, and hands, takes out $100, five $20 bills, hands them to the bailiff, hugs his daughter, and says, I love you goes back around, puts on his robe, and continues his court. That's mercy. Okay? It's also, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Grace, on the other hand, the same scenario, young lady comes in, uh, they've got her on radar, etc., She knows she's guilty. She pleads guilty. And the judge smacks his gavel down, pow, and says, I'm declaring you innocent. Not guilty. Now, don't get too caught up in the details. Let's say. Uh, she's not his daughter this time, because then you're thinking nepotism. You're thinking, okay, he's lying. He's just doing that because it's his daughter, and he wouldn't do that for anybody else. So let's, let's change the scenario. It's not his daughter, but he's declared not guilty. He declares her not guilty. That's grace. When you're declared not guilty by the governing authority even though you are. Now, there's an inherent problem with that, with grace. And when you explain it this way, in light of law and courts, it's so obvious, probably 9 out of 10 of you have already thought of it. And it's justice. Okay? The problem with grace is justice. Now, no one is going to pitch a fit over Well, uh, no one's going to pitch a fit over her being declared innocent when she wasn't unless he doesn't do that for the next guy. And then they're going to complain big time, and they're going to say, Your Honor, this is not justice. She was guilty, and you declared her not guilty, and and she doesn't have to pay a fine. I'm guilty, and I wasn't going any faster than her. It was the same offense. I had a speeding ticket, too and you're declaring me guilty, and I've got to pay. That's not justice. And he would be right. So how do you reconcile justice in light of grace? Well, the answer is the crime still has to be paid for, or the grace will not work. It will cause problems rather than solve problems, okay? And and all of us see why. Because if you don't do it for everybody, it's not fair. And if you pick and choose, that's not fair. And if you don't punish people for speeding, everybody's going to speed. And the problem you're trying to solve with the, you know, don't do that, that's wrong in the first place, Now you're going to have to find another way to solve, and there may not be another way if if you're not going to do justice, okay? Every civilization we have ever discovered, even ones deep in the rainforest that had had no contact with civilization ever, has established a system of justice for their group, and this is interesting, every group of people we've ever discovered has worshipped something, or at least their version of worship, whether it was the sun or a person in the tribe or a rock that's unusual or something, but they all establish a system of justice and they all worship something. And I would say that's kind of left brain, right brain. Okay, left brain is justice. And natural law. We've got to, if we don't establish a system whereby people behave the way they should without detriment to other people in the group or without detriment to the group as a whole, then our group is going to deteriorate over time. So you have to have justice if you're going to have a long term successful group. The worshipping something is very much right brain and, and spiritual, not natural. And we have both of those built into us from the time that we're conceived and then born. Justice and spiritual, both. And we feel them both. If, if you want evidence of that, uh, I've I've spoken about this before. I'm told that approximately... of all people on earth, based on the latest studies, believe in a God or spiritual reality. And the ironic thing about that is throughout the history of mankind, the thing that has been the predominant belief about something, the 90% belief, has been the thing with the most empirical evidence. Okay, we believe that the Earth was flat, based on the evidence that we had. We kept we kept driving our uh, carriages, and we never and we never came to the end of it. Okay, it, it, and and so we just figured we've not gotten to the end yet, but it's flat. It, it's you know we're not going uphill all the way or downhill all the way, until Galileo, and others had more sophisticated equipment, did research that had never been done, and proved, no, it's round, okay? Uh, Many of you know Galileo was imprisoned for suggesting a new order of the universe. Today, if you said uh, the Earth is flat, not round, which there are a few people that still do, uh, surprisingly, um... You could be literally mocked or ridiculed. So it's done a 180 since Galileo. Why? Because of evidence. And that's the way virtually every issue has gone in the history of mankind except this one. And believing in a God or spiritual reality is the 97% accepted view even though we do not have the empirical evidence for for the most part. Okay? So, why is that one thing reversed from everything else? It's built into us. That's that's my opinion. The spiritual reality, the the God existence, is built into us. Um, uh, Andrew Newberg, in his wonderful book, How God Changes Your Brain... He's a neurosurgeon, and and, uh, he and a team of neurosurgeons for years did research on what is the healthiest thing for the brain and nervous system, because they knew if we can figure this out, it'll be a big contribution to society, because the brain and nervous system control practically everything else, including our feelings, emotions, etc., and they weren't looking at the spiritual, they weren't looking at church or anything like that, they were looking for the science. to to see, okay, here's things we can do to make our brain and nervous system healthier. And long story short, at the end of their research, what they found is the number one most healthy thing for the brain and nervous system is a belief in God and prayer. A distant second was exercise. So maybe that is some empirical evidence You know, I I see it that way. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But it's built into us. Justice and the existence of the spiritual. Okay? So you have to have justice and you have to have the spiritual in order to have, I believe, a long-term successful group or world or family or whatever it is. And the spiritual would mean love. And, of course, we've talked about that so many times, how uh, Lennon McCartney were right. All you need is love. Well, maybe not 100%, but there's a, certainly a whole lot of truth in that. Harvard, the Grant study, confirmed that. Happiness equals love... Full stop. Longest, most complete, most successful study on the human condition ever done. Alright? So, how do we reconcile? Well, the grace has to be paid for. That's the only way you can have grace and it not violate justice and it be in harmony With the spiritual. The grace has to be paid for. All right? Now, I'm not here today to convert you to my spiritual views. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. It is the most important thing in my life. Nothing else is close. It's the reason I believe. For my happiness, my health, my success, my great relationship with hope, my children, many of you, uh, any success I have, it's the primary reason, okay? And if you know anything about the Jesus story, historically, the whole reason he came to this earth was to pay that price. And he did. So now, we can truly have grace and still maintain justice because the price has been paid. But of course, the caveat is... You have to be right with God. So as you pray, meditate, think this week, I would encourage you to think about okay, justice in my life. What are the ways I've wronged other people? What are the ways they've wronged me? All right? What in my life am I not doing by justice? What laws am I violating, knowing that I'm violating them? And why do I do that? And why don't I stop? And and how about the things I don't do that I feel like I should? That can be justice too. Why am I not doing that? Okay, that's unjust for you. Uh, There's another ancient manuscript that says if if a man does something believing it's wrong, it is wrong for him, inherently indicating it may very well not be wrong for other people, okay? So each of us has kind of an internal system of justice as well as God's system of justice for us. And those, I believe, when they're right are always in harmony. Here's one of the secrets of... Uh, oh, let me go one other place, then we'll wrap it up. I've told people this story many times. I think it's in the Love Code book. Um, most of us, until 6, 8, 10, we live by What I call our first law, which is to seek pleasure and avoid pain. It is a system of right and wrong that says if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. A lot of other names for it. The law of attraction, reap what you sow, Newton's three laws of motion, etc. And everything in the natural world, including the universe, works that way. Okay? For every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. That's the third law. Well, when we get to 10, 12, 14, I believe we're supposed to choose a second law that's also programmed into us, which is the law of love, which comes from grace and always points back to grace. All right? In the second law, if I do good, I get good. If I do bad... I still get good, at least long-term. There may be natural consequences. If I steal something, yeah, I'll be arrested and should be. That's the justice. But long-term, if I live by love, if I'm right with God, if I'm living under grace, that stealing and being arrested is going to be turned into, kind of caterpillar to butterfly, metamorphosis, into good in my life. And I'm the one that stole. Well, if, if God or an angel or somebody, you could say Aladdin's genie, if, that, if you like that better, came to me on the day of my son's birth... And and as I was looking in the nursery window at the bassinet, you know, maybe even before they brought him into the room to his mother, which I was doing, if, if someone came to me at that moment and said, Hey, Alex, congratulations on your son. He's uh, h- handsome, healthy, whatever. I've got a one-time deal for you. And I said, What? And they said, Well, you can let Harry grow up, and if he does good, he'll get good. If he does bad, he'll get bad throughout his whole life, and that's the way it'll be. That's the way it is for most people, and that's the way it'll be for Harry. But on this one day, you'll never have this opportunity again. I will allow you to purchase for Harry that he can live his entire life under the second law, which means if he does good, he gets good. If he does bad, he still gets good. What do you think I would pay for that if that were to happen? Well, I'll tell you what I would pay. Anything. Everything. I I, I would... I would give my arm, I'd give my leg, I'd, I'd give all the money I have, I'd give my house, my car, I'd give, I'd give my life for Harry or George to have that. If they could not have it without me making that deal. I'd give anything. Why? Because the difference in their life would be night and day. Absolutely night and day. Well, uh, no genie came. God didn't come. An angel didn't come. But that is available to everyone. To you, to me, to your children. Where if you do good, you get good. If you did bad, you still get good. And even when you are guilty, you are declared innocent. What's the biggest difference in mercy and grace? Well, in mercy, you can be forgiven the consequence, but still, for the rest of your life, carry the guilt and shame and condemnation, and and people often do, even when mercy is extended. Under grace, if it's real grace, there is no guilt. There is no shame. There is no condemnation because you are declared innocent. It was not you that did it. It was like a splinter in you. It was not you. And that's the big difference is when you attach your identity To the wrong that you did, then you're dead. And that's what most people do. They define themselves by what they do. I do good, I feel good about myself. I do bad, I feel bad about myself. As opposed to grace, where you can feel good about yourself all the time, no matter what, even right after You have done the wrong thing that you knew was wrong and you did it anyway. And that is what the great Apostle Paul said in Romans 7. And that is available to every one of you today. But you have to be right with God. But the wonderful thing is being right with God is the thing you really, really want and need most, above everything else. Now, I know a lot of you will disagree with that, and I certainly respect your right to your opinion, but I know this is true because I've experienced it. If Let me me say it this way. If you love somebody, probably every one of you that ever hears this loves somebody, a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a child, a neighbor, somebody... Okay, well, what if I came up to you and said, you don't really love them, and they don't really love you. You know what I've seen over the years? Them's fighting words. Okay, they may take a lot of criticism and junk from you, but them's fighting words for almost anybody. Okay? Why? Because they've experienced it. And because of that, they know it. Okay? I know that God and Jesus and being right with them are what I need most because I know what I was, what I felt, what was happening in my life, etc., when that was not right. So, one of the keys, one of the secret keys to making this happen in your life is humility. You cannot get there without humility. And humility means... I'm going to believe the truth about myself, and I'm going to suspend all of my opinions, everything I've been taught, and I'm going to be open to the whole truth, no matter where it takes me. Really, at its essence, that's humility. And then let me end with this. Yes, natural law says... You reap what you sow. For every action, there's an equal opposite reaction, etc. But there's one natural law that's an exception, and that is the quantum world. Basically, in quantum reality, and, and it's called that because it's a different reality, in quantum reality, anything is possible. In fact, I read a pretty extensive article written by a very well-known scientist with, with all kinds of mathematical and statistical stuff that I didn't even completely understand. But the end result analogy he used is in the quantum world, literally if you went up to a brick wall and started banging your head against it, believing that one of these times I was not going to feel pain and hit my head and hurt myself and start bleeding but I would go through the brick wall In quantum reality there would be a time, literally, where you went through the wall. Well, I believe that is maybe even was put in the universe to give us a taste of what is possible in the spiritual if we choose grace, if we choose love, if we choose the spiritual as it harmonizes with justice. So think about that this week and where you are in your life. You've got to have justice and The spiritual, both. Do you, right now, in your life, are both of those right in your life right now? If so, my guess is that may be the thing holding you back or pushing you over the cliff. Fix that, and you will go to the next level in your life. Maybe several levels up. Very quickly. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.